All right. Okay. I once knew a man that robbed two banks. He was my ex. Um, <laughs> let me think of something else. I knew a man that broke up with me over dominoes. Um, and I knew a man that broke up with me over celibacy. Shit. Oh, hell no. Okay. So you uh, <laughs> you trying to be a bunny and Clyde at one point with the robber? <laughs> I wasn't. Oh. That was all him. <laughs> it was involuntary. <laughs> You are listening to A Trip to India podcast, the podcast where women inspire women to dream big. On this episode, meet Naya Good. She's a vocalist, songwriter, and a writer. Her current single is Shut Up, where you can listen on Apple Music, Spotify, and YouTube. Yes. Did I get it right? You got it right. Absolutely. I got the little pin on too. Shut it. <laughs> All right. Uh, please let me know if there's anything that I've missed about your background that you'd like all. others to know. Nothing at all. I feel like it's all going to come unfolded in this interview. <laughs> well, I've been peep, peep watching your Instagram. So I do okay. know that you do do appearances and you do sing yes. live on yes. the side. I think that's an accomplishment of his own as well. Yes, yes. I have had some live music gigs. I've had the opportunity to do that, which I'm so grateful for. And I'm also grateful that most of them were paid. You know, Ooh. they be trying to shade the vocalists. You know, the instrumentalists get more opportunities, but the vocalists, they be like, all right, you can come sing for free. Yeah. <laughs> or we can charge you $50 to sing. So I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's just the craziest thing. It's insane. But, um, but yeah, so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I have a gift. I, I discovered my gift when I was, uh, eight years old, um, 1997. And, uh, it was the Titanic song. Uh, my heart will go on. I was singing that me and my cousin were kicking it in his room at mom's house. And the, the movie was on for some reason. I don't even know why we were watching it. <laughs> we're both eight years old. And I started singing my heart will go on. And then everybody ran into the room literally. and was like, was that you? Yeah. Yep. It's nothing like family reinforcement. I feel like right. that's something that I've been um, seeing as real common with the people I've interviewed so far that it really did spark when somebody in that family was like, OK, you you on to something. And it right. like stuck with them forever. Mm, that's true. That's a good. I never thought about that uh, situation in that way. You're right about that. I Thank really you, Aunt like, Belinda. Um, um, Belinda, <laughs> shout out to you. <laughs> I feel like this show is starting to um, turn into like a case study a little bit because mm -hmm. it's been a lot of similar parallels with a few people's story. Mm -hmm. But before we get into the good stuff, because now I know okay. this is going to be a really good conversation because it's already mm -hmm. going to flow that way anyway. We're going to play our game. Okay. We're going to break I the heard ice. that in the Saw voice. Let's play a game. Let's play. Oh, no. Oh, I love the Saw movies. <laughs> We're going to do two truths and a lie. Okay, I'm ready. Three times. Okay, so just tell you. All right. All right, so here we go. Three facts. I've traveled to over 30 countries. I've been in a couple fights with the police, and I've won. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I've narrated an audio book. <laughs> Hmm. I can see you doing all three. You have the voice for an audiobook. Is that something you've done? Yes, 
I have done that one. That's the truth. Okay. Now you got to figure out. The <laughs> I'm really praying that you ain't get into a fight with the police. <laughs> have you? That one is the truth. Yes. I have oh, my goodness. <laughs> look, look, yes. look. No. And I'm on my way to them 30 countries. That one's the lie. I wish that one was the truth, but you spoke this to is like a, existence. Right. And that's why I wrote that. Because as soon as the Pandora, I'm sorry, look at the Pandora. The Pandora, <laughs> the panorama. <laughs> okay, the panorama. Just start giving it a whole bunch of different names. The panorama right. as soon as the panorama hit. Soon and as the, the Ponderosa. Hit, <laughs> right. The Ponderosa hit. I had got my passport renewed, and then mm-hmm. boom, they set all the little restrictions. So I'm just like. Whatever. (laughs) I'll get to them 30 countries eventually. (laughs) That pandemic, man, it made us realize, like, all right, I was playing before. I'm going to be for real this time. Like, you're going to take it seriously. Seriously. Even when it comes to, like, just buying a piece of artwork, I'm like, I'm going to do it right now because, shoot, we don't know what's going to get shut down. Like, this artist specifically, I hadn't seen her in, like, months. She just popped up. She had art, and then I had to get it because yeah. you don't know where people are at, what's going to happen, what's moving. It's just crazy. Insane. I definitely need to add some more to my collection, too. Yes. We know we can hit an art show. I love an art show. Exactly. I love an art show. <laughs> Round two. Yes. <laughs> Round two. Oh, what's the... Oh, wait. Oh, I have to have more truths in one line? Yep. We got three rounds. Round oh, two. shit. Now I'm going to freestyle. I wrote those down. I had a little write out. Okay, let's freestyle. Perfect. Okay. Okay, I have opens for Freddie Jackson. Um, um, my mom and I did get in a fight with girls when I was in middle school. Um, okay. Um, and I'm a, a dog person. I think you right, already so know you which one is on yourself already. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I can I can relate I concur because I like them from a distance I don't right mm -mm. like hey hey Cujo over there over there I like my peoples like my family and friends dogs I just don't like them in my face right because dogs get a little handsy they be all in your business all in your nose and like get away Mm -hmm. they be everywhere they be everywhere cats be chilling i like cats they do their thing they look at you like hey all right cool i'm gonna go this way i enjoy cats too i enjoy because they are chill but yeah fur um Makes me sneeze a lot, so I know I can't have one. But my sister is dead set on the hairless cat. I forgot what it's called, but she really wants that ugly thing. And I just... It's really scary. It's so ugly. (laughs) I get it. She's like, oh, I love it. I'm like, all right. If you get it, get it, girlfriend. All right. We got one more round. I'm going to make it easier for you. Okay. Um, You can talk about the things you like. Okay. Uh, something nobody knows about you. Okay. You got something? I, th- I think I got some stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. I once knew a man that robbed two banks. He was my ex. Um, <laughs> let me think of something else. I knew a man that broke up with me over dominoes. Um, and I knew a man that broke up with me over celibacy. Shit. Oh, hell no. Okay. So you, uh, 
trying to be a bunny and Clyde at one point with the robber. <laughs> I wasn't. Oh. That was all him. <laughs> it was involuntary. <laughs> that he was wanted all you to him. hold it down. No, no. <laughs> and then he wanted to hold it down, literally, real quick, because I love to tell stories, so I have to make sure I keep it quick. But it was <laughs> it, it was astonishing. Uh, you know, uh, established in the military, exalted. He had all these appointments and decided to rob two banks in Austin, Texas. He went to jail for six years, was supposed to go to jail for about 15, but because he had all that military background, Texas was a little bit lenient on him. So that's the true story. It was crazy. I so was he got shock. away with it for a little bit? He did get, the, <laughs> the first one. OK, so what happened was how he got caught was he was driving around with the money for the second one. Girl. When I went to visit him in prison, that's what he said. And he had got like uh, over 10,000, over 10,000. So he was driving around with it. He and he was doing it by himself, too. He, he had a brother out there, everybody just doing it by himself and then got caught up. I went and visited him in prison like, this is some wild <laughs> <laughs> It's a movie. Right. No, that's so funny. <laughs> and I really feel like robbing banks is more common than we think they are because somebody else has a similar story and the way they got caught was the same way, but it was in Georgia and they had the money in the back. And I was like, this is y'all problem. Carrying it. Carrying, Carrying it. it. And not Carrying sharing the wealth. It. You supposed like, to be go robbing bury it. it. Look, we finna tell them a whole damn right? plan. You go bury the money, <laughs> sit on it, just let it sit for a year, relax. It's gonna exactly. be there. And then come out. Don't be driving around with it like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then fly to a non-extradition country. Fly over right. there. Right, exactly. If you thought you were coming only for the legal career inspiration <laughs> and trip to India podcast, I'm here to tell you we are non-judgmental. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Watch the sponsorships just like, Ooh, this right. This girl they like, wait, what? Non-extradition? Oh no, get her out of there. <laughs> She know too much. No. Okay, no, okay. I'm like, that's fast and furious. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Has someone uh, dumped you from your celibacy? Yes, I did get broken up. I was celibate for like from 2016 to 2018. Hmm. And I got broken up with. I was still dating too. Like, (laughs) oh, by the way, I'm celibate. (laughs) But they was rocking with it. But he literally broke up with me. um, 90 days, was it? Three months? I guess after three months, he was like, well, shit, I should should be smashing by now. And then I said, well, give me my. Yeah. And so I had let him borrow the Dr. Huey P. Newton uh, revolutionary suicide book. I, I had let him book, borrow it. Girl. It's my it favorite. It's right my here. life. Yes. I, I love have it that. in my library. Yes. That's like one of my top recommended books. Me too. And I said, hey, let me get my book back and we good. <laughs> That's all <laughs> I said. You need that <laughs> just back. Give, just give my book back. I don't care about what you're talking about. But he was no. such a nice guy. He was he was actually a really, really nice guy. He just probably really just wanted to, you know, yeah. be intimate. And I was still in a mindset of, nah, I just want to just enjoy the time right now. Yeah, I'm not trying if to- you didn't. He probably yeah. read a Steve Harvey book and just thought like, <laughs> yeah, right. Because after 90 days, he was like, OK, well, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm not right. ready. Right. OK. All right. That was really fun. Yay. I learned a couple things about you, girl. You got an interest in life. So wait, you and your mom, y'all yeah, ain't never uh, pull up on some some girls in middle school? No. Now we did in <laughs> crazy <laughs> life. And we, uh, qu- uh, my mother was the first black uh, female police sergeant and police lieutenant on Las Vegas Metro. So um, um, 
Well, that's how she was able to get away with that one, basically. Okay, okay. <laughs> it was like it yeah. was crazy. I was in sixth grade. I just told this story to my loctician yesterday. Shout out to uh, <laughs> Miss Lady Locks. But um, girl, long story short, because I'm long-winded with these stories sometimes. Long story short, I was playing my saxophone on the bus at middle that middle middle school. I think on that day it was like the band was going crazy. This was the one year I played saxophone. I've always been a choir girl. And I, I mean, I don't know, I was playing saxophone. Everybody was like doing stuff on the bus, but the bullies on the bus was like, stop playing the saxophone. So you I did. was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, when we get off the bus, we're going to blah, 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 blah. So it was like three girls trying to fight me. I'm not going to lie. I was only in sixth grade. I just took off running. I lo- dropped my saxophone. I took off running to my friend Alexis's house. My mm-hmm. mom was on duty at the time. She pulled up in the police <laughs> car. Picked. She got my stuff, picked me up. Then she went to the school and she asked the school, what y'all going to do about kids jumping people? The school was like, we ain't doing nothing. My mom was like, bet. <laughs> so right. We- That's all I need to hear. <laughs> Fine, we'll, we got it. <laughs> and then uh, we we went up to the McDonald's at the school. Not the McDonald's. <laughs> girl, and when I went home recently, I went to Vegas on my birthday and I went right back up to that same gas station just because I wanted to see. <laughs> where it all began. Just where it all began. No, But um, <laughs> yeah, and the rest is history. <laughs> no, that's funny. That's really funny. Girl, I think a lot yeah. of people can relate to that. To yeah. some point, to some 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 type of extent, that yeah, whatever happens in that elementary, them first eight years of school is just Woo. wild. Even high school, but still, those first couple is just wild. You ain't lying about that. Those are some really interesting years. Like reflect, like as you just said that, I just had so many flashbacks come back from just elementary school experiences, just the things that you're exposed to, and just oh my god, all types. It's just it's crazy. Especially I want to homeschool my children. Where you're from. You want to homeschool? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm from Las Vegas, so I'd be here all day if I told you some of the stuff I saw in elementary school. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all, wow. I could believe it. Yeah, that's crazy, but we made it. We made, we made it. it out. <laughs> so before we get into our topic, which I'm very excited about, um, I do want to reiterate for my new listeners. I wanted to make sure that you understood why I started a trip to India podcast. I started this podcast to create a space where women can feel inspired and comfortable with exploring big ideas and hear the testimonies of amazing women who are actively in their career, dropping words of encouragement on what it's like to get started. So for you, you are a vocalist and a writer. And I read your last piece and it was amazing. Thank Um, you. I want to dive in a little bit on what was your epiphany moment. Um, you told about the singing at first because of the Titanic mm-hmm. at eight. When did you realize that you had a gift of writing? Um. Okay, so it's interesting. I remember the first essay I wrote. It was when I was mm-hmm. in elementary school mm-hmm. and it was on the planet Venus. Mm. Um, and so... um. You know, my mom, she used to always be like, you know what? You're just a really good writer. Like if I didn't write something, she when she would proofread my essays or whatever in elementary, no, you know, you could go do better. And she, you know, and so it was her that really made sure that I was always really expressing myself, uh, you know, grammatically, correctly and eloquently mm-hmm. and all of that in 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 my writing. Um, but as I got older, I just knew that I not but how 
And when I got older, I just knew that I wanted to do things with my gift, but I also was kind of like teetering the fence of just how I was raised to just follow government jobs, things of that nature. Yeah. And so I'm um, in 2016. That was the year. <laughs> and here I am 32 years old. So 2016 <laughs> was the year that I tapped hey. into sharing my gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, you know, I, like everybody on both sides of my family are all about college, government jobs, corp, something like that. Something and stable. Right. And it was almost as if the universe was forcing me out of those areas. Like I had just uh, got out of the military in 2011 and I did my radio and television broadcasting degree. I got the opportunity to work at PBS and um, uh, CBS and Telemundo. And then I even was working at a newspaper. But and when all this stuff happened back then, I was embarrassed. But now it's like I can talk about it. I got fired from all those jobs. And those are good jobs. <laughs> they CBS, are. Telemundo, PBS, the newspaper. Yeah. I got fired from all those jobs. And then I got in a car accident in 2016. The whole mm. car was totaled. So I would drive an hour from Fort Hood, Texas to Austin, Texas to get to the CBS Telemundo job. And so then when my car got totaled, it was like, what the heck? So then I just started you know, utilizing my gifts. That was the year that I, you know, narrated that book, even though the author chose not to move forward with the narration, I just started doing different things, even mm-hmm. waitressing, even just waitressing at like a live event uh, space where I could be, you know, you know, where I could go behind or backstage and maybe network with people, a black owned um, event space that was out there in Fort Hood. Shout out to Miss Carolyn. Uh, I, <laughs> I got to see Tank perform. I got to um, see Chico Bean. She had a really dope space. And then that's how I ended up running into the promoter for the Freddie Jackson concert and then mm-hmm. i just uh, he heard me singing while i was doing some administrative work for her and um he was like you want to open for freddie jackson and, yeah. and, and glenn jones and i was like heck yeah <laughs> and i got paid for that gig so don't let people think listen vocalist just because you open for somebody don't mean you can't get paid if they're a good person they're gonna pay you for whatever it is that you do you you are what you negotiate so um yeah, that was really just exciting. 2016 was just like the year where I just was like just doing stuff. I just started doing like public relations for yeah. people, which is something simple, just putting their stuff out there. I started, I created, I, I curated in a, a live music event with um, my friend that owned the bookstore out there in Fort Hood, Texas mm-hmm. called Social Thursdays. And we used to have a jump in, free yeah. wine, $10 entry, free wine been all night. Yes, it was lit. <laughs> um, and then I just started gigging. And every time I would gig somewhere, I was getting paid. Like, that's why I was, I, I'm always shocked when I hear vocalists just be okay with just performing for exposure. I was yeah. getting paid at lounges. I mean, everywhere I was performing at, I was getting that's paid. That's what I want to dive into a little bit. <clears throat> yeah. Because I think that is essential and it's a great gem to yes. pass on to people who have a hard time showing up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because for one, the, it's a huge step to even want to put yourself out there to begin with, regardless if you're doing an open mic or just opening. And For then real. two, I know that some people feel reluctant on even asking for money. So Which how did crazy. you do your first thing? And I know you have a very forward personality, so I want to hear this. I don't even think I had to ask really like the first two gigs were free. I think I mm-hmm. did a club gig for free and then I did a friend's event for free. And mm-hmm. then after that, it was just like, I don't even think I had to ask. Like I said, the guy at the event uh, uh, space that saw, heard me singing just was like, how much do you charge? And right. I just threw out a number. Yeah. <laughs> just threw it out there. Yeah. And then um, just like with any of the gigs, the venue would offer. They're mm-hmm. not just having you come there and perform. You know what I'm saying? They would say, okay, it's a given. well, this is 
right, this is what we charge for this. How, what you're going to do two hours? Like that was when I didn't have a lot of my own music. So I would do like two hour cover sessions at a place like, let's say y'all's cafe in Austin, which is such a dope restaurant, black owned. Mm -hmm. I would do a two hour set with maybe a guitarist and a drummer or a pianist or whoever, two hours now and split it up. I'll have like a poet come in there and do their thing for a minute, you know, because two hours of singing is a lot. But if you have a live band, you can stretch things out. (laughs) You can stretch it out. And then you have like a little 30 minute break, maybe. And so, yeah, you know, and and those were like good gigs, gigs where mm-hmm. everybody can get paid, not just me, the vocalist, but every instrumentalist. And I've always been serious about that. Like, you know, and if I'm not, if everybody can't get paid, then I'm going to at least make that known or I'm going to come out of my own pocket. Right. But definitely trying to make sure everybody is at least compensated for whatever food too. like people mm-hmm. need to learn to negotiate those contracts. Don't only just ask for, a, you know, a rate or not even ask, make sure they're offering it too. And then make sure you negotiate if you want to go up or down or whatever, but get the food included too. (laughs) Right. Okay. I got to, you know, anytime I would set up a gig, I always have free food, make sure I got a free drink and make sure I got uh, some dividends. Exactly. (laughs) And I think that's essential, especially in Atlanta, because it's a hit or miss because so many people own restaurants and lounges and cafes in Atlanta Mm -hmm. that some of them are also novices at this as well. Like they don't even know how it goes and they will try you. They They will will try try to get the free. And Mm -hmm. if you come correct, then they'll know how to approach you. But if they can even sense that you're a little green, oh, Mm -hmm. they're going to take it and run with it. So I, I, Definitely think that that was very important that you brought up on getting compensated because a lot of people have imposter syndrome, too, because they're like, well, who am I to get paid when I don't even have my own music out? But like you said, you can do a whole two hour cover session. Right. Better get compensated. So after um, as we're talking about this. So 2016 seems like an essential, well, crucial time. And I love, it was a lot of things that jumped out at me as you were talking. For one, mm-hmm. one thing that I noticed was you just tried. You tried yes. a lot of things. You named like three to four different like well-known um, companies. And then you've also th- uh, thrown out like your side gigs. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like during all of that? I'm pretty sure you had some moments of self-doubt. How did you cope mm-hmm. with that? Um, still kind of, ugh, I hate doubt. I'm reading a book now called uh, Napoleon Hill, Outwitting the Devil. I read it every year, but doubt is one of the biggest things that can really keep you from even going towards your dreams. So fight that. Sh- I can cuss, right? Yep. Fight that shit. Um, but what I did you know, one of the things that you think about, especially as a vocalist and a writer, is everybody's doing it. And then you're worried about if you can sing as good as her and what, and then it's like, whatever. Now, when I started, when I came, when I started doing the live gigs, I never was worried about who could sing better than me. I just was focused on making sure that I was okay. But you do be having those things like, is it, is it, you know, and I really think in 2016, 2017, I was doubtless. I, I think it when I came here to Atlanta in 2018, it was like, bit. yeah, it was like, OK. And then they're not doing a lot of paid stuff here mm-hmm. for vocalists too much. And then I was singing background vocals with a woman here for like a year and 
none of the gigs were paid. The three gigs that I did, though, when I since I've been here in Atlanta have been paid and I've only been, done three. <laughs> but right. all those three have been paid enough for me to pay everybody. Because you but, advocate um, for yourself. That's why. Right. But um, back to the question, though, um, you know, is the, and then I was thinking I think I had some thoughts of is there room for me to especially when I came here? It was like, like I said, in 2016, 2017, I had no doubt I was just doing stuff. I did like four stage plays in one year. I forgot about that part. That was something mm-hmm. I'm leaving out. I did like four stage plays in one year. Tempest, Two, right? Was one right. of them? Yeah, Tempest was on DVD and then it's on Amazon Prime now, the mm-hmm. stage play Tempest. And then I did a stage play called Unfaithful um, with uh, Lucy House Entertainment and Little G from Silk, the lead singer. He was actually yeah. my husband in that play. But I didn't have any doubt. I just like, I remember when I went to audition for that, specifically or when I was getting prepared for that I went to Walmart got my head shot and then I was like <laughs> I think Walmart was like oh the cameras are down and I was like well I guess it's not whatever and then I went to check out I was going to the front lanes to check out and then I got a phone call myself oh your picture is ready and I was like oh I guess it must be meant for me to go up here to this audition Mm -hmm. so I wasn't as doubtless in 2016 because I had no choice my car just broke I just freaking got in that car accident Mm -hmm. and then I just um I just had all those freaking terminations. So it was just like, oh, I'm about, I got to do this or whatever. And even though stage plays were paid too, two of them were actually free. Fannie mm-hmm. Mae's Cafe and the women's monologue was oh, were uh, free. Yeah. But the, those other two, the ones where we went on tour, like we weren't even in Texas for one of the stage plays. And then for Tempest, we had to do two shows in one day at the mm-hmm. um, Vives uh, Les Arts Theater in Fort Hood. But, um, you know... I just I just knew I had to go for it. I was actually really pretty doubtless. And then when I came here, it was kind of like, oh, is there room? There's so many vocalists. There's so many people. Oh, my God, what's happening? Yeah. And then it just seemed like things started to quiet down. So that's when I started to actually feel like, oh, is this something I want to even deal with? Yeah. Um, but then uh, as I wrote in my notes, because I got a couple notes, I, I think um I think uh, I think this is a question you're about to ask. I'll wait for you to answer the question. But I think I just started thinking, um, nah, everybody can do whatever they want to do. Is We all have gifts, just like everybody comes up with the same, you know, family dollar, dollar general, Kroger, Target. Those are all the same places, same essentially. Thing. Yeah, they all did the same thing. So it's enough room for all of us. I think it's really this society creates an idea that there's only a little bit for anybody. And no. We all can create our own reality. We manifest where we manifest our own destinies and we can create magic wherever we go. So, um, yeah. 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 <laughs> I can relate. I can relate. Yeah. Only because it's, I realized even when it came to this, like this whole podcast, me yeah. finally putting it into fruition because I had been, I had this 2017 was a, a very crucial year for me as well so I thought that was really cool that you said 2016 2017 because I just my whole perspective changed I went through something crazy and that's when I started on my spiritual journey and -hmm. from then it made me look within and just like really take the time it wasn't like a boom 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 but like a snowball kind of effect type of thing and I realized what you're saying is like you got out of your own way when you were in 2016, 2017, because you had no choice in your mind, you let yourself know, like, that's it. Like you don't have nothing else. And I feel like it does kind of 
manifest within you first. You have to think about Mm -hmm. it first. You have to not even just think about it. You have to believe it, know it, breathe it first, and then just take the step, uh, the first step, and then keep going, keep going, and keep going, and keep going. Like building the momentum. That's literally what it was like. And just talking about this 2016 and 2017 is kind of remotivating me for 2021 because, like, it, it just kept rolling. Things just kept going, and I didn't even have you know, a thought in my mind, like nothing wasn't going to be successful. It was just like, no, I'm just going to do everything. Whether, whether one time I booked the gig to be a photographer at South by Southwest (laughs) in Austin, I ain't even had no camera. I just like, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) If you need it, I'm going to figure it out. They found somebody else, but I was, was, (laughs) yeah, they found somebody else, but I was like, because I think I was transparent. I was like, I could do it. I'm just probably going to have to get a camera. And they was like, okay, well, just let us know. And at that time, I still wasn't like, (laughs) I was like, nah, the camera thing, which is ironic. I'm taking a photography class now and I'm still, I don't think that's an avenue I'm going to go down. Photography is something else. It is, it is something else. It is. I have mad respect for them and being Yeah. Like... You just have to have an eye. It's the editing portion for me that I don't really like. Yeah. Yeah. The color schemes and all that extra stuff. No. mm -mm. But I know some very gifted photographers. For real. Yeah. And I, I, shout out to And they good, right? They got the patience. (laughs) They know that Adobe freaking, oh my God, Photoshop. Have you ever opened it? It's crazy. There's symbols everywhere. I've seen theirs. (laughs) Right, right, right. I've seen other people work on it using it, but even that made my head hurt. I let them do that. Right. You could do it. I like photography is cool when you're just talking about taking the pictures. Okay. Over here. You want to go there and take them? Okay. I could do that part. (laughs) But that editing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then you touched on like um, the oversaturation of everything in Atlanta Mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. And then I know you are fully aware. If you're not, Mm -hmm. I think you are though. Everybody's aware of how the people who get the most um, Mm. airtime, mainstream, Mm -hmm. or just attention, kind of seem like carbon copies of each other Mm. and it seems like the easiest way to do it how do you keep yourself centered from even like indulging in that type of like I feel like if you do it feels like you're giving up on yourself and you're just like all right I'm roll with the punches unless that's really something that you're uh, interested in but like how do you keep yourself authentic how do you stay you throughout all of that well I've always been a contrarian, never a conformist. Mm. <laughs> I've always been a rebel from even as a child mm-hmm. to uh, from my parents. <laughs> but I was a good kid. But just, you know, they always knew that I was going to be one that was going to do her own thing. Even in the military, I was a real rebel there. Even though I got out honorably, you know, you got to be strategic. But yeah. I was a rebel there, too. You know, and I just I, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do, not what, what you think I'm going to do. And that's where the music industry, that's where artists have gotten everything messed up they think that they have to do everything that somebody told them to do from dancing naked on a tv on on instagram just to get more views up uh, Mm -hmm. to to just you know getting going to a video shoot and having people come up there and shoot it out so you can make it on the breakfast club okay because a lot of these rappers ain't really i I mean come on now did you call the shooters to put everybody in danger at the video shoot so you can make it on the breakfast club because you know the breakfast club gonna talk about it oh they love talking about retarded rappers who 
who get in violent situations and they take their gun to the airport. <laughs> Silly shit. Yeah. I've never taken my gun to the airport. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just like, it's yeah. just, you got to just do what you want to do. I'm not compromising. And, and, and the contracts, people don't even read the contracts. The contracts say all kind of wild stuff. And people yeah. just, they do everything for fame. One thing I've said is that I'm not attached to the industry. One thing I always emphasize is I'm not attached to the industry. I'm not attached to it. I'm not dying to be in it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, that's not my thing. I'm just here to use my gift. I, I'm gifted. I'm not an industry person. I'm not a fame, desiring fame, you know, and this is the only thing I got going on is hoping that my music career takes off. And it's not to, no, no offense to people to do that, but, you know, you got to be multifaceted in these streets. Even my mom, she was the first black female police lieutenant in Las Vegas Metro, but she also, was teaching criminal justice at the University of Phoenix. She was a real estate agent for Caldwell Banker. I mean, and this was a police officer. She had all these different real legitimate hustles. So mm -hmm. it's just like, I'm not going to put all my eggs in this fame basket. I'm going to, you know, keep on tapping into different uh, faucets of myself. And if anything happens with the music industry, that's great. But again, <laughs> I'm not doing none of that wild right. stuff just As so I should. can be famous. No. And I feel like we us in this particular generation this day and time we mm -hmm. are afforded the luxury to not eat we can bypass right. capital uh inner scope we don't need none of those uh entities no more because we can um market ourselves right we can use our instagram our social uh platforms our youtube anything to generate our own income we don't need mm -hmm. agents i mean obviously if you want somebody to help you if it gets overwhelming then yes then they come into play but like the ball is now really in our court in the creator's court in this right. day and age now i can see if this was back in the 80s and 70s or the even the 90s where you really the only way to get exposure and to make some real money and to have music videos and do all this other stuff that you really needed, like a whole right. team behind you, right. which was easy for you to get manipulated. Mm -hmm. Can you um, explain a little bit on how someone who is has taken the first step into recording their um, music, but now they want to be able to expand it and make it available for anybody and possibly make money? Well, whoo, child, making money in the music industry is is is, is going to be a challenge if you're mm -hmm. not Beyonce. And that's just what it is. You have to sell units. They're selling songs at 0.01 cents. Right. On a I noticed. Yeah. On a dollar. So uh, the best thing is to get gigs. Like I just said, mm -hmm. I made more money gigging than I have off my shut up record. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I love my songs. So, you know, it's just about just focusing on what it is that you want the you know music to do for you versus mm -hmm. what you going to do for an industry that you don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I just say, put the music out there. Like that was one thing that prevented me from putting music out. Like, dang, if I put it out, I ain't gonna make no money, but it doesn't even matter at this point. It's just putting it out there for somebody to hear it. And then you never know what could come from it on a bigger scale of royalties and getting right. money. But put it out there, have your own catalog and just gig it up. I mean, I know right now in this panoramic, we can't do that right now. <laughs> but, but, you know, just put it out there and, you know, 
you know, let with the music, it's almost like you got to just see what's going to happen with it. You can be super disciplined with it. Like my friend, Dope Boy Philly, shout out to him. Mm-hmm. He puts out a song a month and a video a month and he's on it. Whereas yeah. me, I put out a song in 2020 and I haven't yeah. put any music out since then because I'm just like, hey, it's touch and go. Yeah. It's whatever. But um, that was doubt on my part. Put everything out. Release all of your artwork, whether it takes or, or, or gets money or not. And, right. and, and you know, I prefer DistroKid as far as a distribution service. I should have been using that in the first place. Distro right now, I'm Kid. waiting. Yes. And there's two of them. DistroKid, TuneCore. Back in the day, there was CD Baby. But um, I use TuneCore right now. But I'm going to mm-hmm. go transition to DistroKid because apparently they're a lot more faster with uh, releasing your music. TuneCore, I'm sitting here waiting on it. I have a song mm-hmm. that I'm releasing, Blow Your Mind. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be coming out March 1st. But TuneCore... It's taking its time. It's taking its time. But, um, you know, and those are some ways to distribute. Always get a, a, a PRO, performance rights organization. So don't just be out here singing songs. Um, make sure you register with BMI or ASCAP. Those are the two performing rights organizations that uh, register you as a publisher or songwriter. So eat, where, whatever you're doing, you're always getting credit for it. And right. I always say, never let anybody write any of your music for you. Beyonce can go get all those writers. Because she's going to, you know, pay for pay that. Them. That's going to be a big split. That's going to be a nice split for a Beyonce song. She got five writers up there as Beyonce. You know it's going to hit. Yeah. But if you're just you, you write your own song, you put your own music out there. I, I never have understood what was going on back in the day when people weren't writing their own songs. Right. That's the, you know, you now you don't have anything. Now you was just on the microphone because when That's you register it. yourself with BMI and ASCAP, they don't ask you, are you a vocalist? Are you a rapper? Mm. They ask you, are you a publisher? Are you a songwriter? Mm. Boom. So that's what I would recommend for that. Always write your own songs. Get creative. Don't don't worry. Don't overthink it either. My 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 god sister was telling me the other day. I don't know. I just be thinking too hard. Just write, write it all. Go back later. Look at it later. Put the words around. Part of being a writer is knowing how to format the paragraphs and put things in position. Just write stuff down and then go back and organize it later. And you 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 come up with something. You you have some stuff in there. Don't overthink Definitely. it. And always write your own stuff. That's the biggest thing. Always do that. And register <laughs> with the PRO. And, you know, upload your stuff. Get you a website. Do your thing. You know, no, I think that's up. important. And I never even heard yeah. anybody um, recommend the PRO's thing. Like, really? Like uh, with BMI and ASCAP. I mean, I'm aware of it, but I've right. never heard anybody really say to do that. I know a lot of people that just release, release, release and don't right? even do that. They don't even write. And, mm. and your music is automatically copywritten if you write it down. That's the thing. People, you can go get the copyrights. That's exciting. I had my my sh- uh, one of my other songs, Did Love This Way, copyright come in. But uh, if you research copyrights, as soon as you write anything down, it's yours. They could get sued um, right away. So don't get too stressed out about, oh, because that was one thing. Yeah. I was like, I'm writing songs, but then I got to go copyright it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, as soon as you write it. It's done. It, it's that's done. it. Yeah. And, and you could just go get a copyright and have fun, which was cool. But, you know, yeah. once you write it down, it's done. And, and that is interesting that you say that. A lot of people don't put that out there because they want to. You got to pay attention to how these producers work. The first time I worked with a producer, he's like, you want me to help you write it? No, I'm no. Good. I, don't, I don't want you to help because now I got to give you a percentage. And I want all my 50. <laughs> it was it was me and a producer and he came up with the beat and I'm writing it. I want my 50 <laughs> yeah. percent. OK, yeah. you know. But um, two books that I recommend, though, I'm glad are I got them right here. All about the uh, what is this? All you need to know about the music business. They mm-hmm. he tell you right up front, Donald. That's Pat. Now this is the white one. 
This is the mm-hmm. white author. He tell you right up front, the biggest thing that an artist needs is an attorney. Don't get caught up in that manager shit. Don't give that hmm. manager all that money for that. You manage yourself. You're your own manager and agent. The biggest thing, uh, the biggest thing you need is to get an attorney to figure out, okay, what's going on. This is a good, good book. And then the black one. Oh, here it is. Uh-oh, I'm gonna have to probably take off all these books. If you hear some things tumbling. Okay. <laughs> but this is by Darrell Digger Branch. He's um Mm. What was he? He wrote for everybody. Jay-Z, Beyonce, produced for everybody. But um, this is a good book. Now, this is the I like this one because it breaks it down less. You know how, you know, the Caucasians, they love. They were. <laughs> Beat game. This is a good book. It'll teach you. You might think, oh, it's just talking about beats. No, he's talking about the lawyers, the marketing and all of that in this book, too. Two good books I think musicians should have. Don't just be in there. Just blah, blah, blah. Get these two books. This all about the music business. This is crazy. Look at all these. Look at all my little notes. It's just a really good book. It's really thorough. This is what I feel like distinguishes the doers and the dreamers. I'm also a dreamer, but I'm a dreamer doer, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Because... Some people just wait for someone to give them the information. Like they don't even go to get the resources to be able to help them get there. Like, I feel like books are essential. You have to like, everybody, like, I hate reading, but literally that saying, if you want to hide something and you know, for that saying, it was, if you want to hide something from a black person, put it in a book. But I feel like if you want to hide something from people in general, put it in a book because they're not going to figure it out. And it's a lot of stuff. I have a pet peeve. I'm all about us helping each other out, but Mm -hmm. there are some things that if it's, if you can go on Google, take the initiative and go on Google and do it. Yes. uh, But like you did, you took it upon yourself to get these extra gems. Mm -hmm. Cause me on the outside, I would have thought like, yeah, as long as I got a manager, I'm good. Like, and that's where people go wrong. That manager, I mean, unless you really got stuff moving. All right. Like at my phase stage right now, I don't need an attorney or manager. (laughs) If I went up a notch, then it would be like, all right, I'm going to go get an attorney. You know what I'm saying? But then if I get to like a level of like, oh my gosh, I'm getting so booked that I could, you know, I need a manager and now I'm okay to give them a percentage because a manager just want a percentage. That's all they want. They don't even know what's going on half the time. And they kind of like percentage. Exactly. They just want a percentage, a percentage Mm -hmm. and they're operating as your PR, like they're networking right. for you. Like when you can do that yourself, because nine times out of 10 people are already doing it for themselves. They're handing the information over to that manager. And then the manager mm-hmm. is being the other person. I don't know if it's an ego thing, if they feel mm-hmm. like they just want somebody to speak for them or just um, self-doubt, not feeling like they're capable of doing that. But I really, really, really appreciate it a lot of the gems you just dropped today. Like you don't you brought you. out books, girlfriend. Okay. You gave I us some like links. Now. I <laughs> <laughs> no. And then you definitely got me forever because revolutionary suicide has, I'm trying to tell you, changed mm. my life. I love that book. I might reread that one again this year too. I think I so definitely too. should. Yeah. Right. It's such yeah. a good one. I love Dr. Hubie Newton so much. Like I'm getting chills just thinking about him. He's just phenomenal. Out of yes. all of the, you know, activists that I've read about, he was just the one that was just like, wow, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and the epitome of an Aquarius is as quiet as it's kept. And I'm not trying yeah, to throw February no Aquarius 17th. shade. 
<laughs> but <laughs> Aquariuses are supposed to be the humanitarians. And, and Dr. Huey P. Newton was, is one of the, in my opinion, um, yeah. one of the few Aquariuses that I know that are uh, public figures that actually went all the way, you know, Him to his very last him. interview. To his very last interview, he was still Definitely. like, no, nah, this is this and that's that. And this would and blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. so just amazing. I'm so glad. I'm so grateful that he existed. And I'm grateful for people like Pharaoh who are, are you know, in, in this time, space reality, giving us information and, and, and insight and, you know, clarifying things. Because, you know, quiet as it's kept, I, I was already coming into, you know, a realization about some things before Pharaoh, but just to have a mind like him scientifically breaking things down, doing things and, and exposing us to things that, you know, we wouldn't even know about, like, I'm not going to get into all of that. You probably have to check my podcast, but just some of the darker things that are going on politically. Right. I'm grateful for, you know, minds like that. If I could have been around when Dr. U.P. Dude was here, it would have been like, oh my God. So I'm just grateful to have somebody in our time space reality that is, you know, trying to do yeah. something because, you know what I'm saying? And trying to keep us informed without trying to make it seem like we have to follow them and it's only them. And, you oh, know, yeah. it's like crazy, I'm not you know? With that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not a follower topic. Right. Another topic. It will be off to some other stuff. <laughs> I do want to uh, get to a point where you get to just let the people know where they can find you. Like you, you mm-hmm. touched upon, you're going to have a podcast. Yes. That's dropping soon. Um, yes. Your music where they can find and you. Y- yes. And Instagram. I want to shout you out. I was excited Aww. to meet you at uh, the vinyl event that I went to. Anything Thank you for, but track. Like, we're doing we it again. Chopping it up at the bar. Like we I were by myself. So it's always dope to be able to at least chop it up with some people when you go to places by yourself. And that was super dope. And then you put me on to some podcast information. And like you said, at, at the bar, like people hardly share things. So I'm so grateful that you shared that information with me. And then you even brought me on your podcast. That's super dope. Thank you. I thought you were really cool. And <laughs> I, I really enjoyed our conversation. And yes. I was like, you know what? She would be perfect for this show. And you were. Thank you. And you are. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so, you. Yeah, Thank I'm you. appreciative too. Cause you know, some people are like, yeah, girl. <laughs> and then never hit back. Like <laughs> never hit back. No reciprocity. Yeah. Reciprocity. Normalize reciprocity. Normalize it. We need it. I don't know if it's this cancer Capricorn energy going on right mm-hmm. now, but you've spoken on a lot of stuff that I agree with. Like reciprocity was my word of the year last yes. year. Yes. But I just realized that's just me in general. I literally, Period. It was <laughs> right. a clarification that I needed to have. I was like, oh, this is why you act that way. You get what you get, right. baby girl. That's right. it. Right. Oh, I learned um, a lot of things about you. But oh, yeah. Yes. Give you a, give you a plug. Um, okay. So, yes. Uh, y'all can follow me on all social media at Naya Good in, as in November, H A Y A H. Good with an E on all social media. Well, shoot, I only got one social media. I don't be all into the clubhouse, Twitter, and Facebook. I got only yeah. Instagram. So on Instagram, Instagram. <laughs> and YouTube. Those are the essentials. To be right. Honest. Those are the essentials. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know about clubhouse. I'm going to Google it later. <laughs> but, you might fall uh, in love with it. You might like it. Okay. I'm going to check it out. And then www.nayagood.com is where you can get all of my blogs, all of my articles. The most recent article I posted is... Um, uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, uh, <laughs> yep. I don't say even it. know. Well, the, the one that you read was, uh, do men love mean women? And then I just wrote, I just dropped one no. recently that said the one after that. I read your last Oh, it was one. the, how yeah. come I can't think of my own title? What is it? India. I'm going to have to go get, off. 
Let uh, me get to it. Because I love it. What's and pussy got to do with it? That's what it is, right? pussy got to do with yes. it? I want everybody to read that article because yes. you spoke my thoughts. <laughs> Thank we you. ain't going to go too deep into it, but it was amazing. I, I really like for reading. Thank you for reading. I love that. I get, I feel like a kid. I get so excited when somebody says something. I turn into a kid. Like, really? Oh, my God. No, you was, you was hitting some things. I was like, yeah, that don't even make sense. Because why would they even do that? Right. Blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. For real. And let me tell you guys how I write is I write like I'm not, you know, I throw out some big words now. I do some of that. But I also say shit in my blog so it's really yeah. just it's very readable and it's fun but yes what's pussy got to do with it that was my latest blog i'll be releasing some music soon like uh india said i'll have a podcast coming out uh yeah. it'll debut april 1st it'll be story time with naya because i told y'all i'm long-winded i like stories so <laughs> i want to see you on that one telling some of your greatest stories okay and um yeah just you know got a lot of stuff moving we about to make st- stuff move and shake this year at, at all at all times but i'm just feeling really like especially after last year's nonsense yeah <laughs> it's time to get it popping I feel like 2020 <laughs> so. you know like the catapult 2020 was like the back and then 21 is like propelling Right. Like it's made everybody sit down and just kind of mostly sit down. I was still moving. Like I told you, I'm a contrarian. So I'm in Walmart. Like what? You said a mask on. <laughs> Stop. I the can't plan. hear you. <laughs> Stop playing. But, um, but yes, this is, this is the time is now the veil. It has been lifted. I want to say, you know, tap into something spiritual before I go, but the veil has been lifted. There's so much truth out here. There's so much to, to, to grasp and take hold of. Just go out there and get it. And like I said, we are the magicians. Stop waiting for something higher or something else or some leader to come out here and dictate to you. We can rebalance this entire society if we just say it if we just believe it i like i believe that we can be in a free peaceful non-wicked politically confusing society people we just have to manifest it um people see it as being an idealist but i i see it as being a realist right um because i i'm i'm prepared and i'm willing to put in the work for it that's just that's what separates the two right right that's it so as much as we manifest all oh, politics, let's manifest literal peace on earth at this point. Peace and love on this planet because there's so much going on. And so, yeah, Ashe. Ashe. <laughs> so I want to go over what I feel like were the key gems that you brought up earlier. Uh, one, you said you can use Distro Kid. Distro Kid, yes, D-I-S-T-R-O-K-I-D. That's a good distribution Distribution platform platform. for music, for your music. Always get compensated. Yes. Okay, do not feel afraid. It should be a given. Do not let them think that you're going to get paid what you're not worth. A wise mentor told me they can afford to pay you $50. Okay, at the minimum. At the least. (laughs) But always go high. Start out high. Okay, I want a thousand. I can't do a thousand. All right, what can you do? All right, <laughs> okay, what sorry. can you do? Because the last place that gave me about no, just <laughs> right, right. But thank you so much. Thank you again. Thank you. I, I appreciate am so excited. it. And I'm gonna pull up to that event. She said y'all are gonna do another one. When now? March twentieth. Okay, I'm gonna be there. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. So this is for the listeners. Thank you again for listening to a trip to India podcast. If you have not done so already, please hit that subscribe button so you stay up to date on each new amazing guest, just like Miss Naya Good here. And join the conversation. Please follow me on Instagram at a trip to India podcast. Also, if you want to know anything specific, if you want to have guests return, please email me your concerns at ask India at a trip to India podcast. See you next week. <laughs>